1: Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. Thank you for joining us on this episode as we go through the book of Romans uh, from an apologetic perspective. And we're still in chapter 1, verses 17 uh, through 32 will be covered on this episode. And if we have time, we'll skip on over to chapter 2. But Uh, This passage or this uh, group contextually deals with the definition of righteousness as a Christian. What does it mean to be righteous or what does it mean to be unrighteous? And Paul unpacks that concept for us as Christians. He borrows a passage from uh, the book of Habakkuk which says, The just shall live by faith. Uh, as he quotes from the Old Testament in an attempt uh, to illustrate that the New Testament is unified along with the Old Testament. Uh, The Old Testament concealed is now revealed in the New Testament as written long time ago, even by the prophet uh, Habakkuk. And he says, uh, behold, his soul which is lifted up is now upright in him. But the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk 2 and 4. The just shall live by faith. And that's what Paul was trying to convey to the Christians in Rome. That we as Christians, we live by faith. Uh, This uh, desire to walk after God has to be done by faith. This pursuit of holiness must be done by faith, not by sight, but by faith. This is why uh, the writer of Hebrews so eloquently lists all of the saints of old who walk by faith uh, because faith is the engine that gets us moving to where God wants us to be. We may not always see where we're going, but God does. And he's saying, trust me, let me guide you to where you need to be. So faith is very important. We're living in a world where uh, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people uh, wants to, uh, Christians to show evidence or they, they, they want to see proof of this or that, and God is saying, "Trust me, let me lead you by faith, and through us trusting him the the benefit is ultimately there is um an effect, and others are able to see the effect they weren't able to see it before because we're walking by faith, but now they're able to see the effects of the faith. And it happens all the time. Paul could testify to this, that Saul, uh, he chased down a church. uh, He made life miserable for people of the way. And then when he, he was saved, he started walking by faith in Christ. And then the effect was the change that everybody else could see. And this is the case with all Christians. When there's a spiritual metamorphosis that take place, other people see it. You as an individual uh, used to be short-tempered, but now you know how to long, go through suffering the long way. The Bible says long-suffering. Now you're patient. Uh, you used to uh, just argue all the time, but now you're learning to uh, listen Listen more. Talk less. So, there's an effect that takes place as part of our faith. And In terms of this faith walk, ultimately, uh, we as Christians, we hold on to the reality through faith that heaven exists. You can't hold on to that if you have no faith. So, God says that... Uh, We have to walk by faith if we are to get to know him intimately, if we are to uh, get to know his ways, if we are to uh, walk circumspect, we have to do it by faith. If you want to be in an advantageous financial position, we have to trust God by faith, by following the prescription that he's given us. If you are single and yet, uh, yet not married, You got to trust God and do it by faith. Uh, We can't do what everybody else is doing, what every other single person is doing. We have to trust God that if, if it's his desire for you to get married, it'll come to pass. He'll make a way out of no way. I know we use that term a lot, but we have to trust God and trusting God would get us to where we need to get to. If you're married and you're going through strife, you're going through uh, marital problems, or if you believe uh, that you are having the best years of your marriage, despite your position, all of us still have to walk by faith. If you're struggling with uh, your children and and uh, having issues with the prodigals, we have to trust God and do our part by Faith. So Paul concludes chapter one by introducing the concept of righteousness. Uh, The the Jew saw righteousness as a result of merit-based legalism. However, Paul, just like Jesus, was challenging the existing theology regarding what actions are acceptable in the eyes of God. He reminds the uh, believers in Rome, that ungodly behavior uh, ushers in the wrath of God. Verse 18, chapter 1 of Romans. He continues for the remainder of the chapter uh, juxtaposing righteousness with unrighteousness. So, in order to further argue his point, Paul selects the workings of nature to prove God's grace. So, in other words, the universe is a testament to the power of God, verses 19 through 20, and I love the way uh, Paul uh, writes this particular passage by using nature to illustrate a heavenly message. God, according to Paul, has used nature to cause men to ask the questions, where did all this come from? So, as a result... No one will be left with an excuse concerning why they did not pursue the creator. Verse 20. So God has given us ample evidence. He said, look all around, uh, all around you. You see the mountains. Uh, you see um, the trees. You, you see the rivers. Uh, you see uh, all of this that has been put here for us. Uh, the fruit trees and animals, you, uh, all of this just didn't come by evolution uh, like worldly uh, knowledge is saying. Uh, God created this, and God is responsible for this. So we are left without an excuse. The creation of the universe, the creation of the of the world around us is evidence that God exists. That's what Paul is saying. It, it is evidence. It's evidentiary. That God exists. This is the effect. So, this is the effect. What is the cause? And Paul is saying the cause is God. He's the only uncaused causer that exists. He's the uncaused causer because God is Alpha and Omega. He's eternal. God has no uh, starting point. If God had a starting point, then he wouldn't be God. He would cease to be God. But God is eternal. So, God has no starting point, and God is also infinite in his being. So, God has no starting point. So, Paul uh, infers this uh, uh, apologetic inference uh, on this passage. And so, we are reminded that nature speaks to the effects of God. He's using nature to compel us to ask this question again. Where did all this come from? And the best argument is God. Everything we see, everything we touch, came from God himself because of his benevolence. God has used nature, again, for us to ask the question, where did all this come from? Paul continues to detail the history of human apostasy in his attempt to highlight the need for salvation through Christ. The anatomy of the human rebellion against God uh, falls on two aspects, according to uh, the Apostle Paul. When they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Verse twenty-one. So when they knew God, they did not glorify Him, meaning that God has uh, made His uh, His reality known to humanity. He he throughout history, God has been extending uh, His invitation for us to get to know Him, but yet uh, we knew His of His existence, but yet we suppressed that knowledge so we can do what we wanted to do, or humanity could do what they wanted to do. They professed to be wise, but in uh, actuality, their actions were foolish because they denied the authentic God of the universe, verse 21. So, those were the two aspects uh, of the rebellion against God. When they knew God, they didn't glorify Him, but yet they professed to be wise. That's number two, but in actuality, Their actions were foolish because they denied the authentic God. And it's interesting that oftentimes people talk about, oh, I have to, if I become a Christian, I have to do all of this, I have to do all of that. But the interesting or the ironic part of that statement is you rather sacrifice in other areas. So you don't believe in God, but yet you worship yoga. Yoga. You don't believe in God of the Bible, but yet you worship secularism. You don't believe in Jesus, but yet you worship philosophy. You, you, you don't believe in God of the Bible, but yet you worship all these other things existentialism and, 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 and all these other uh, isms, humanism and, and, and pantheism and atheism and, and, and et cetera. It's interesting. You don't want to give money to the church, but yet you spend money in all of these other areas, and that's what the devil does. The devil will deceive you uh, into creating your own uh, pantheon of gods, little G, and yet you could be using that time towards the authentic God, you could be using that money towards the work of the kingdom, and... You feel as though you're making progress, but you're really not because you are suppressing or pushing away the authentic God who wants to help you, who wants to uh, make your life more abundant. We are suppressing the authentic God. And I believe this is why many Christian homes are suffering is because we're not willing to go all the way with God. We're not willing to uh say, Lord, I'm tired of doing it my way. I need you to take over the reins. And we need to be careful. Uh, If we want peace, we can't continue to struggle against our own God. And you may be saying, well, I don't struggle against God. Look in the mirror, as James says, and make sure that um, your actions are able or are in sync with the principles of God's word. Um, I, I think as believers, it's so essential for us to pursue righteousness, for us to continue uh, living in him, not based on our intellectual prowess, but based on faith, based on what God has for us. And then as we continue, we see verse 23 And verse 23 is the third component. It says, they changed the glory of God into an image like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. So basically, um, what Paul is saying is, especially in the first century, you had uh, these gods that uh, Rome believed in uh, and, and Roman culture borrowed heavily from the Greeks. Uh, So, uh, for an example, you had Artemis, uh, the Greek goddess of the underworld, which the Ephesians worshipped, where the Romans uh, took over Artemis and uh, and labeled her Diana, and it was the same god, uh, the god of fertility, the god of the underworld. So, instead of worshipping the authentic god of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, uh, the god who created everything out of nothing, Ex nihilo, uh, the, the, the God uh, who gives us sustenance, instead of worshiping the authentic God, they erected or created uh, a goddess like Artemis. So all of the worship that God deserves, they're given to Artemis. All of the praise that God deserves, they're given to this demigod who's really no God at all. Than the god or Baal, right? The the the, the cow god, uh, for an example, uh, the 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 god of of oxen that was created at at the foot of the mountain while Moses was communing with God that Israel created uh, and, and made into gold, uh, or it was made out of gold. So again, here we are taking the worship that belongs to the authentic God and uh, uh, misappropriate our actions towards these demigods. And so, we got to be careful that we're not worshiping demigods, uh, that we're not taking what belongs to God and giving it towards something or someone else. And so, this is what Paul is talking about, uh, that uh, these individuals in the first century, especially, who... Uh, should have accepted the uh god 's overture, God had already revealed to them who uh, that, uh of his existence rather, and instead of them pursuing to get to know him uh they said no god we have uh we have philosophy uh no god uh we're not going to accept you uh we have our uh, intellect uh no lord we're we're not going to accept you Uh, Even though we recognize you through nature, even though uh, the evidence is there, we're not going to accept you because we want to lean onto our own understanding. And we have to be careful uh, that we don't fall into that trap. If we say we are Christians, we must walk by faith. We must uh, do things the way the Lord wants us to do it and not necessarily what the world is doing. For truth it's not based on popularity. Truth is telling something like it is. Truth is that which corresponds to the object. So we, 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 we must be careful, right? Every, we, we use the term everybody's doing it. No, not, everybody's not doing it. And the reason why I can say that is because God, through the scriptures, is constantly reminding us that he'll always have a remnant. And the remnant does not always look like others. Amen. So, Paul's dissertation in chapter 1 clearly, clearly detailed the differences between righteousness versus unrighteousness, which is evidenced by certain behavior. Unrighteous people behave in a certain way, which is contrary to righteous living. So, for example, in verse 24, Paul highlights one of the many behaviors that believers should not engage in. He argues that because Of their fleshly lust and disobedience, they dishonored their own bodies. How did they dishonor their own bodies? Paul elaborates. Look at verse 26. He says, There are women engaged in vile affections by engaging in acts that are unnatural based on design. So Paul is saying, uh, God has designed uh, behaviors that are acceptable for women. That's what he's saying. He's saying that there are conducts uh, uh, or uh, standards that in God's mind, when he he created women, that he wanted them to follow and conduct that he didn't want them to follow. God has a say-so about every aspect of our lives. And so, at this point, I'm speaking to Christian women Uh, And this is what Paul is talking about. Paul wrote this letter to churches in Rome, not non-churches. This letter was to churches. So when he wrote this in verse 26, chapter 1 of Romans, he's speaking to Christian women. There's certain acts in terms of your sexuality that uh, God is speaking to. Certain behavior is acceptable but there are certain uh, 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 other behaviors that are unacceptable. So, to, uh, for women to uh, lie with other women in a way that they should be lying with men is, is not acceptable. So, that's what Paul is saying. Then in verse 27, he speaks to the men. He says, the men of Rome who left their natural relationship with women and engage in sexual relationships with other men, and this is what Paul is saying. So now he shifts to the men. The men are doing the same thing; they are uh, d- uh, dealing with men, men with men, in a way that was intended for women. And Paul is saying that's not acceptable. That the the uh, God rejects that. God condemns that type of lifestyle, God condemns, condemns those actions. So as a result of their disobedience, right, all of this is part of man's disobedience, especially uh, in Rome. That was acceptable in Rome. And it's interesting enough, we're living in an age where th- that type of lifestyle is being accepted. But we need to be warned. Just because we have started to compromise, when I say we, I'm being, uh, I'm being very specific. I'm talking about any believer who have listened to the whispers of the enemy and said within themselves, the Bible is wrong. Uh, we know we, we, we've progressed. We've, we, we've, uh, we, we're more educated. Uh, and, and this type of lifestyle should now be accepted. And God is saying uh, truth has no expiration date. Truth is eternal. So, if we want peace, if we want, uh, uh, if we want our communities to be what it needs to be, if we want God to keep uh, being for us, then there are certain behaviors that we can't continue to, uh, uh, we can't continue to endure in. Uh, so, again, God is not all about can't, can't, can't. God loves us and he's telling us what is best for us just like our doctors would but God loves us much more and so uh don't look at the prohibitions concentrate on the provisions and that's what God is about and so we'll uh pause here until the next episode as we can uh, go through uh the book of Romans from an apologetic perspective uh we, we just pray that uh, you get to know Jesus more intimately, and remember uh, to do for the truth what so many people do for a lie. And if you'd like to support us, please go online, srministries.org, or you can uh, write a check to Sound Reasoning Ministries and send it to P.O. Box five eight two three zero six L. Grove, California, 95758. God bless.